This has been part one of Rachel, written by Angela Weld Grimke. Ma dear, dear old Ma dear. Look out for the needle, Rachel. The waste. Oh, Rachel. You old, old fraud. You know you adore being hugged. Now, Rachel, please. Besides, I know your tricks. You think you can make me forget you're late? What time is it? Jiminy Christmas. Why, it's five o'clock. Well. Now, Ma dear, you're going to be horrid and cross. Really, Rachel, that expression is not particularly affecting when your hat is over your ear and you look with your hair over your eyes exactly like someone's pet poodle. I wonder if you're ever going to grow up and be ladylike. Oh, Ma dear, I hope not. Not for the longest time. Two long, long years at least. I just want to be silly and irresponsible and have you to love and torment, and of course Tom too. You'll not make me forget, young lady. Why are you late, Rachel? Well, Ma dear, I'm your pet poodle, and my hat is over my ears, and I'm late for the loveliest reason. Don't be silly, Rachel. That may sound silly, but it isn't. And please don't Rachel me so much. It was honestly one whole hour ago when I opened the front door downstairs. I know it was because I heard the postman telling someone it was four o'clock. Well, I climbed the first flight, and I was just starting up the second when I heard a shrill little voice say, Whoa. I raised my eyes, and there, halfway up the stairs, sitting in the middle of a step, was just the dearest, cutest, darlingest little brown baby boy you ever saw. Lo yourself, I said. What are you doing, and who are you anyway? I'm Jimmy, and I'm riding to New York on the choo-choo tars. (laughs) As he looked entirely too young to be going such a distance by himself, I asked him if I might go too. For a minute or two, he considered the question and me very seriously, and then he said, "Yes," and made room for me on the step beside him. We've been everywhere. New York, Chicago, Boston, London, Paris, and Oshkosh. I wish you could have heard him say that last place. I suggested going there just to hear him. Now, Ma dear, is it any wonder I'm late? See all the places we've been in just one teeny-weeny hour? We would have been traveling yet, but his horrid little mother came out and called him in. They're in the flat below, the new people. But before he went, Ma dear, he said the cunningest thing. He said, will you come out and play with me again in two minutes? (laughs) I nearly hugged him to death. It's a wonder my hat is on my head at all. Hats are such unimportant nuisances anyway. Unimportant nuisances. What ridiculous language you do use, Rachel. Well, I'm no prophet, but I see very distinctly what is going to happen. This little brown baby will be living here night and day. You're not happy unless some child is trailing along in your rear. Now, Ma, dear, who's a hypocrite? What? I suppose you don't like children? I can tell you one thing, though. It won't be my fault if he isn't here night and day. Oh, I wish he were all mine, every bit of him. Ma, dear, do you suppose that she-woman he calls mother would let him come here until it's time for him to go to bed? I'm going down there this minute. Rachel, for heaven's sake, no. I'm entirely too busy and tired today without being bothered with a child romping around in here. Very well, then. Well? Is anything wrong today? Oh, I'm just tired, chick a that's all. Yes? 
Yes. No, I'm not Mrs. Loving. She's here, yes. What? Oh, come right up. Ma, dear, it's some man who is coming from Mrs. Strong's waist. It's probably her son. She said she would send for it this afternoon. Mrs. Loving, my name is Strong. My mother asked me to come by and get her waist this afternoon. She hoped it would be finished. Yes, Mr. Strong, it is already. If you'll sit down a minute, I'll wrap it up for you. Do sit down, Mr. Strong. It's a very pleasant day, isn't it, Mr. Strong? Yes, very. It's quite a climb up to our flat, don't you think? <laughs> Why, no. It didn't strike me so. I'm not old enough yet to mind stairs. Oh, I didn't mean that you are old. Anyone can see you're quite young. That is, of course, not too young, but... <laughs> there, I don't blame you for laughing. I'm always clumsy, just like that. Rachel, bring me a needle and the 60 cotton, please. All right, Ma, dear. You see, I can't even get a spool of cotton without spilling things all over the floor. We were talking about the climb to our flat, weren't we? You see, when you're poor, you have to live in a top flat. There's always a compensation, though. We have a bully. I mean, nice air, better light, and a lovely view, and nobody thud-thudding up and down over our heads night and day. The people below have our thud-thudding, and it must be something awful, especially when Tom and I play Ivanhoe and have a tournament up here. We're entirely too old, but we still play. Ma, dear, rather dreads the climb up three flights, so Tom and I do all the errands. We don't mind climbing the stairs, particularly when we can go two or three at a time. That is, Tom still does. I can't. Ma, dear, stopped me. I've got to grow up, it seems. It is rather hard being a girl, isn't it? No, no, it's not hard at all. That's the trouble. They won't let me be a girl. I'd love to be. My chatterbox, I see, is entertaining you, Mr. Strong. I'm sorry to have kept you waiting, but I forgot. I found a southern niching in the neck. I hope everything is satisfactory. If it isn't, I'll be glad to make any changes. Thank you, Mrs. Loving. I'm sure everything is all right. He was rather nice, wasn't he, Ma, dear? For a man. <laughs> I guess my reason's a vain one. He let me do all the talking. Strong, strong. Ma, dear, is his mother the little woman with the sad black eyes? Yes. I was rather curious, I confess, to see this son of hers. The whole time I'm fitting her, she talks of nothing else. She worships him. It's a rather sad case, I believe. She is a widow. Her husband was a doctor and left her a little money. She came up from the South to educate this boy. Both of them worked hard, and the boy got through college. Three months he hunted for work that a college man might expect to get. You see, he had the tremendous handicap of being colored. As the two of them had to live, one day, without her knowing it, he hired himself out as a waiter. He's been one now for two years. He is evidently goodness itself to his mother. Just because he's colored... We sing a song at school, I believe, about the land of the free and the home of the brave. What an amusing nation it is. Come, Rachel, you haven't time for amusing nations. Remember, you haven't practiced any this afternoon. And put your books away. Don't leave them on the table. You didn't practice any this morning either, did you? No, Ma dear. Didn't wake up in time. Ma dear, just listen to this lullaby. It's the sweetest thing. I was so daffy over it. One of the girls in school lent it to me. 
beautiful it it hurts yes dear it is pretty ma dear yes rachel what's the matter matter what do you mean i don't know it just feels something is not quite right with you oh, i'm only tired that's all perhaps but ma dear wouldn't it be nice if we could keep all the babies in the world always little babies then they'd always be little and cunning and lovable, and they could never grow up and then and be bad. I'm so sorry whose little babies grow up and, and are bad. Come, Rachel, what experience have you had with mothers whose babies have grown up to be bad? You talk like an old, old woman. I know I'm not old, but just the same, I know that it's true. And I'm so sorry for the mothers. Well, Miss Methuselah, how do you happen to know all this? Mothers whose babies grow up to be bad don't, as a rule, parade their faults before the world. That's just it. That's how you know. They don't talk at all. Oh? Sweetest little fellow, everybody knows. loveliest thing of all the lovely things in the world is just being a mother. Well, of all the startling children, Rachel, I'm getting to feel when you're around as though I'm shut up with dynamite. What next? Why so serious, Chickabitty? It is not kind to laugh at sacred things. When you laugh, it's as though you laughed at, at God. Rachel! It's true. It was the best in me that said that. It was God. And 
Ma, dear, if I believed that I should grow up and not be a mother, I'd pray to die now. I've thought about it a lot, Ma, dear, and once I dreamed, and once I dreamed, and a voice said to me, oh, it was so real, Rachel, you are to be a mother to little children. Wasn't that beautiful? Ever since, I've known how Mary felt at the Annunciation. God spoke to me through someone, and I believe, and it was explained so much to me. I know now why I just can't resist any child. I have to love it. It calls me. It draws me. I want to take care of it, wash it, dress it, live for it. I want the feel of its little warm body against me, its breath on my neck, its hand against my face. Ma, dear, here's something I don't understand. I love the little black and brown babies best of all. There's something about them that clutches at my heart. Why, why should they be, oh, pathetic? I don't understand, it's dim. More than the other babies, I feel I must protect them. They're in danger, but from what? I don't know, I've tried so hard to understand, but I can't. Ma, dear, I think their white teeth and the clear whites of their big black eyes and their dimples everywhere are, are and Ma, dear, because I love them best, I pray God every night to give me, when I grow up, little brow and black babies to protect and guard. Now, Ma, dear, don't you see why you must never laugh at me again? Dear, dear, Ma, dear. And I suppose my experience is every mother's. Sooner or later, of a sudden, she finds her own child a stranger to her. Poor little girl, poor little chickabitty. Why do you say poor little girl like that? I don't understand. Why, Ma, dear, I never saw tears in your eyes before. Is it, is it because you know the things I do not understand? Oh, it is that. Yes, Rachel, I cannot save you. Ma, dear, you frighten me. Save me from what? Just life, my little chickabitty. Is life so terrible? I found it mostly beautiful. How can life be terrible when the world is full of little children? Oh, Rachel, Rachel. Oh, dear, what have I said? Why, the truth, of course, Rachel. Life is not terrible when they're little children. And you and Tom and a roof over our heads and work and food and clothes and sleep at night. Rachel, I'm not myself today. I'm tired. Forget what I've said. Come, Chickabitty, wipe your eyes and smile. That's only an imitation smile, but it's better than none. Jump up now and light the lamp for me, will you? Tom's late, isn't he? I shall want you to go to for the rolls and pie for supper. Where's the money, Ma, dear? I'm ready. Before you go, Rachel, just give a look at the meat and see if it's cooking all right, will you, dearie? It's all right, Ma, dear. Mm, a dozen rolls, Rachel. Be sure they're brown, uh, and I guess an apple pie, as you and Tom never seem to get enough apple pie. Get the largest she has. And here's a quarter. Get some candy, any kind you like, Chickabitty. Let's have a party tonight. I feel extravagant. Why, Rachel, why are you crying? Nothing, Ma, dear. I'll be all right when I get in the air. Goodbye. Loma, where's Sis? Out? Door's off the latch. Rachel just went after the rolls and pies. She'll be back in a few minutes. You're late, Tommy. 
No, Ma. You forget. It's payday. Here, Ma. But, Tommy, this is every bit of it. You'll need some. Not yet. I only wish... Say, Ma, I hate to see you work so hard. Someday, someday. Son, I'm as proud as though you'd given me a million dollars. I may someday. You see, gee, Ma, I'm hungry. What's for dinner? Smells good. Lamb and dumplings and rice. Gee, I'm glad I'm living. And pie, too? Apple pie, Tommy. Say, Ma, don't wake me up. And shall Muzz's own little boy set the table? Thank you, son. Ma! Yes, son? I made squad today. I'm quarterback. Five other fellas tried and make it. We all had to buy new hats now. Buy new hats? Why? Honest, Ma, I had to carry my hat in my hand tonight. Couldn't even get it to perch a loft. Well, I for one, son, am not going to say anything to make you more conceited. You don't have to say anything. Why, Ma, ever since I told you, you can almost look down your own back your head is so high. What? <laughs> My, that was a dreadful climb, wasn't it? Ma, I've got something here for you. Hello, Tommy. Here, take these things for me. This is Jimmy. Isn't he a dear? Come, Jimmy. Ma, dear, this is my brown baby. I'm going to take him right downstairs again. His mother is as sweet as can be, and let me bring him up just to see you. Jimmy, this is Ma, dear. Ma, dear, what's the matter? Tom, quick! Nothing, dears. Nothing. I must be. I'm nervous tonight. How do you do, Jimmy? Now, Rachel, perhaps, don't you think you'd better take him back to his mother? Good night, Jimmy. Tom, open that window, please. There. That's better. What a fool I am. You're all pegged out. That's the trouble. Working entirely too hard. Can't you stop for the night and go to bed right after supper? I'll see, Tommy, dear. Now I must look after the supper. Huh. Well, I guess not. How old do you think Rachel and I are anyway? <laughs> I see. You think we'll break some of this beautiful Hobbyland China we bought at the 5 and 10 cent store. Say, Rachel, you think you're old enough? Old enough for what, Tommy? To dish up supper for Ma. Ma, dear, thinks nothing can go on in this little flat unless she does it. Let's show her a thing or two. I'll be back in a minute, children. Why do you suppose she acted so strangely about Jimmy? Don't know. Nervous, I guess? Worn out? I wish... It may be that. But she hasn't been herself this afternoon. I wonder... Look out, here she comes. Liven her up. Ma, some cook, ain't she? Is she? Delmonico's isn't in it. Say, Rachel, do you remember that Reynolds boy in fourth year? Yes, you mean the one who's flat-nosed, freckles, and who squints and sneers? 
the same. I hate him. Rachel, you do use such violent language. Why hate him? I do, that's all. Ma, if you saw him just once, you'd understand. No one likes him. But then, what can you expect? His father's in quad, doing time for something. I don't know just what. One of the fellas says he has a real decent mother, though. She never mentions him in any way, shape, or form, he says. Hard on her, isn't it? Bet I keep my head shut, too. You'd never get a yap out of me. Well, anyway, he called me nigger today. If his face isn't black, his eye is. Good. Oh, why'd you let the other one go? I knew he said things behind my back, but today he was hopping mad because I made quarterback. <laughs> he didn't. Oh, Tommy, how lovely. Mom, dear, did you hear that? Our Tommy's on the team. Our Tommy's on the team. My dear, what I say about uh, capital enlargements? You're right, son. I hope you got that capital, Rachel. How's that for Latin knowledge, eh? I don't think much of your knowledge, Tommy dear, but our Tommy's on the team. Our Tommy's on the team. Our, I've got a good mind to kiss you. Don't you dare. I will, I will, I will. No, no, you don't, young lady. Oh, for heaven's sake, children, do stop playing and eat your supper. I will. You won't. Children. Ma, dear, have you noticed Mary Shaw doesn't come here much these days? Why, that's so. She doesn't. Have you two quarreled? No, Ma, dear. I think I know the reason, but I don't like to say unless I'm certain. Well, I know. I've seen her lately with those two girls who just come from the South. Twice she bowed stiffly. And the last time, made believe she didn't see me. Then you think? Ugh, I was afraid of that. Yes. We're niggers. That's why. Rachel, that's one of the things I can't save you from. I worried considerably about Mary at first. You do take your friendship so seriously. I knew exactly how it would end. And then I saw that if Mary Shaw didn't teach you the lesson, someone else would. They don't want you, dearies, when you and they grow up. You may have everything in your favor, but they don't dare to like you. I know all that is generally true, but I'd hope that Mary... Well, I guess we can still go on living even if people don't speak to us. I'll never bow to her again, that's certain. But son, that wouldn't be polite if she bowed to you first. Can't help it. I guess I can be blind too. Well, perhaps you're right. I don't know. It's the way I feel about it, too, but, but I wish my son always to be a gentleman. If being a gentleman means not being a man, I don't wish to be one. Oh, well, perhaps we're wrong about Mary. I hope we are. Anyway, let's forget it. Tommy, guess what I've got? Ma, dear, treated. Guess! <laughs> Ma, you're a thoroughbred! Well, let's see. It's, uh, 
dozen pickles. Oh, stop fooling. <laughs> I'm not. Tripe. Uh, silly. Hog's jowl. Ugh, give it up, quarterback. Pig's feet. <laughs> Ma, send him from the table. It's candy. Candy? <laughs> Funny. I never thought of that. And I was just about to say some nice, delicious chitlins. <sighs> candy. <laughs> well, well. You see, Ma, how she treats me? I have good mind, young lady, to punish you, or, corporally speaking. Tut, tut. I have mind to master thee. I mean you. Methinks if I should advance upon you, apply perchance two or three digits to your glossy locks and extract, aha, say, a strand, you would no more defy me. Rachel, give time the candy and stop playing. Just a moment, Rachel. Tom and Rachel, I've been trying to make up my mind for some time whether a certain thing is my duty or not. Today I have decided it is. You're old enough now, and I see you ought to be told. Do you know what day this is? It's the 16th of October. Does that mean anything to either of you? No. No, I don't know why it should. Ten years ago today, your father and your half-brother died. I do remember now that you told us it was in October. That explains today. Yes, Rachel. Do you know how they died? Do I know? Did it ever strike you as strange that they died the same day? Well, yes. We often wondered, Tom and I, but, but somehow we never quite dared to ask you. you. You always refuse to talk about them, you know, Ma, dear. Did you think that perhaps the reason I, I wouldn't talk about them was because, because I was ashamed of them? Well, Ma, dear, we, we did wonder. And you thought? Well... Yes. Oh, come on now, Rachel. You know we haven't bothered about it at all. Why should we? We've been happy. But when you have thought, you've been ashamed. Have you? Now, Ma, aren't you making a lot out of nothing? No. You evade, both of you. You've been ashamed, and I never dreamed until today you could take it this way. How blind, how almost criminally blind I've been. Oh, Ma, dear, don't. Tom and Rachel. Ma. Ma, dear. They... They were lynched. Lynched? lynched. Yes, by Christian people in a Christian land. We found out afterwards they were all church members in good standing, the best people. Your father was a man among men. He was a fanatic. He was a saint. Ma, can you, will you tell us about it? I believe it to be my duty. When I married your father, I was a widow. 
My little George was seven years old. From the very beginning, he worshiped your father. He followed him around just like a little dog. All children were like that with him. I myself have never seen anybody like him. Big seems to fit him better than any other word. He was big body, big souled. His loves were big and his hates. You can imagine then how the wrongs of the Negro ate into his soul. He was utterly fearless. He edited and owned for several years a small Negro paper. In it, he said a great many daring things. I used to plead with him to be more careful. I was always afraid for him. For a long time, nothing happened. He was too important to the community. And then one night, 10 years ago, a mob made up of the respectable people in the town lynched an innocent black man. And what was worse, they knew him to be innocent. A white man was guilty. I never saw your father so wrought up over anything. He couldn't eat, he couldn't sleep. He brooded night and day over it. And then, realizing fully the great risk he was running, although I begged him not to, and all of his friends also, he deliberately and calmly went to work and published a most horrific denunciation of that mob. The old prophets in the Bible were not more terrible than he. A day or two later, he received an anonymous letter, very evidently from an educated man, calling upon him to retract his words in the next issue. If he refused, his life was threatened. The next issue contained an arraignment as frightful, if not more so, than the previous one. Each word was white hot, searing. That night, some dozen masked men came to our house. Oh, ma dear. Ma dear. We were not asleep, your father and I. They broke down the front door and made their way to our bedroom. Your father kissed me and took up his revolver. It was always loaded. They broke down the door. I tried to shut my eyes. I could not. Four masked men fell. They did not move anymore after a little. Your father was finally overpowered and dragged out. In the hall, my 17-year-old George tried to rescue him. Your father begged him not to interfere. He paid no attention. It ended in their dragging them both out. My little George was a man. He never made an outcry. His last words to me were, Ma, I'm glad to go with Father. I could only nod to him. While they were dragging them down the steps, I crept into the room where you were. You were both asleep. Rachel, I remember, was smiling. I knelt down by you and covered my ears with my hands and waited. I could not pray. I couldn't for a long time afterwards. It was very still when I finally uncovered my ears. The only sounds were the faint rustle of leaves and the tap tapping of the twig of a tree against the window. I hear it still sometimes in my dreams. It was the tree where they were. 
while I had knelt there waiting, I had made up my mind what to do. I dressed myself, and then I woke you both up and dressed you. We set forth. It was a black, still night, alternately dragging you along and carrying you I walked five miles to the house of some friends. They took us in, and we remained there until I had seen my dead laid comfortably at rest. They lent me money to come north. I couldn't bring you up in the south. Always remember this. There never lived anywhere or at any time any two whiter or more beautiful souls. God gave me one for a husband and one for a son. I am proud. You, you must be proud, too. Tom, it's time now for you to go to work. Rachel and I will finish up here. I want you to know, Mom, before I go, how, how proud I am. Why, I didn't believe two people could be like that and live and to find out that one was my own father and one your own brother, it's wonderful. I'm not much yet, Ma, but I've just got to be something now. When I think, when I think of those devils with white skins living somewhere today, living and happy. I see red. Uh, goodbye. Oh, I was afraid of just that. I wonder, wonder if I did the wise thing after all. Yes, Ma dear, you did. And hereafter, Tom and I share and share alike with you. To think, Ma dear, of 10 years of this all alone, it's wicked. And Rachel, about that dear little boy, Jimmy. Now, Ma, dear, tell me tomorrow. You've stood enough for one day. No, it's better over and done with all at once. If I had seen that dear child suddenly any other day than this, I might have borne it better. When he lifted his little face to me and smiled for a moment, I thought it was the end of all things. Rachel, he is the image of my boy, my George. Ma, dear. And Rachel, it will hurt to see him again. I understand, Ma, dear. Ma, dear, I'm beginning to see, to understand so much. Ten years ago, all things being equal, Jimmy might have been George. Isn't that so? Why, yes, if I understand you. I guess that doesn't sound very clear. It's only getting clear to me, little by little. Do you mind my thinking out loud to you? No, Chickabitty. If Jimmy went south now and grew up, he might be a George. Yes. Then the south is full of tens, hundreds, thousands of little boys who one day may be, and some of them with certainty... George's. Yes, Rachel. And the little babies, the dear little helpless babies being born today, now, 
and those who will be tomorrow and all the tomorrows to come have that sooner or later to look forward to? They'll laugh and play and sing and be happy and grow up, perhaps, and be ambitious just for that. Yes, Rachel. Then everywhere, everywhere throughout the South, there are hundreds of dark mothers who live in fear, terrible, suffocating fear, whose rest by night is broken, and whose joy by day in their babies on their hearts is three parts pain. Oh, I know this is true, for this is the way I should feel if I were little Jimmy's mother. How horrible. What? It would be more merciful to strangle the little things at birth. And so this nation, this white Christian nation, has deliberately set its curse upon the most beautiful, the most holy thing in life, motherhood. What? It makes you doubt God. Oh, hush, little girl. Hush. Why, Ma, dear, you know. You were a mother, George's mother. So this is what it means. Oh, Ma, dear. Ma, dear. Rachel has been a co-production with Columbus Children's Theater. Many thanks to Kelsey Hopkins for helping us find some of our cast. Rachel is presented as part of the Good and Troubled Readings in the Dark, funded in part from a grant by the Greater Columbus Arts Council. Rachel is also presented as a continuation of the King Arts Complex's ongoing Heart of Protest series, which reminds us that the pandemics which caused the uprising have plagued us before. Perhaps we can heal in our time by looking to remedies that worked in the past, or at least learn from the ways both our ills and cures seem to cycle in similar ways. As part of Heart of Protest, we'd like to thank Easton Community Foundation and the Ohio State Bar Foundation, Platinum Sponsors, IMC Foundations, and PNC Bank. Additional support has been provided by Ohio Humanities, the National Endowment for Humanities, the Federal CARES Act of 2020, and the King Arts Complex as operating sponsors. It features Ms. Shauna Marie Davis as Rachel, Ms. Jacqueline Shaka as Mrs. Loving, Mr. Christopher C. Austin III as John Strong, Mr. Ryan Patrick Jones as Tom Loving. Our trusty intern is Ms. Liz Hardy. Our sterling sound designer is Mr. Wade Blair II. Our productive production manager is Mr. Eli Chung. King Arts Complex's performing arts director, possibly the hardest working arts administrator in central Ohio, is Mr. Javon Collins. Our CEO and executive director is Ms. Demetrius Neely. Oh, and I am the guy who thought it was a good idea to share this piece of art with you. My name is David S. Harewood, and I directed and produced this project. To learn more about Voices from the Sky Theatrics and Theater for All People, you can like Theater for All, for All People, that's theater with an R-E, and King Arts Complex on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. You could also just send me, David S. Harewood, a friend request on any platform, and I should be able to send you where you need to go. If you liked what you heard and wanted to help keep us going, you can donate to future productions via Venmo, Cash App, or Zelle to at tap CBUS.